Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Nader Mansour and I pray this message will draw you closer to Jesus. In looking at the heavenly family, we saw the principles that governed it and we also saw the principles that Satan introduced in order for him to tear down this family. We will see how Satan now began to infect the family on earth with his principles. When God originally created the earth, it was a manifestation of his character of love. This also was an expression of his love to man. We read about this in Psalm 33 verses 6 and 9. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spake and it was done, he commanded and it stood fast. Everything that God made in this beautiful earth was beautiful, glorious, and perfect. The garden, the trees, the things of nature, the elements that fill the earth, the birds, the animals, everything was beautiful. But God's complete expression of love did not convey itself in just making beautiful things. There was a purpose for God in, in giving these wonderful gifts and placing them on earth. There was a purpose that he wanted to do with the earth. We read about this purpose, particularly his design of what he wanted to do in the earth. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 45 and verse 18. For thus saith the Lord, the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it, he hath created it, not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Here we see a demonstration that it is God's glory to give, and it's His purpose to give life. His plan was this wonderful earth, filled with all these good and precious gifts, would be populated, that it would be inhabited. And God created, as an expression of His love, a special race of people, human beings, to inhabit this earth. He created Adam and Eve. They were the latest members, the freshest members of the family of heaven. You see, God created on earth a family that would be part of the heavenly family. The family created on earth was to reflect the heavenly family, was to live and abide by the principles of the heavenly family. The Bible tells us that God made man in his own image. Man was to live by the principles that govern the heavenly beings, and man also would receive the fullness of blessing by being members of God's family. This aspect we will explain and discuss a little further in our study. But as we see the progression of the creation, we see that God describes plainly His purpose for man and how man was in that condition of joy and happiness that results from being in God's kingdom. We notice that when God created Adam and Eve, He gave them special gifts. He gave them all the tokens of His love. And as Adam and Eve would look around them, they would see tokens and expressions of God's love. This would fill them with satisfaction, with joy, and with praise. This gave them security. This gave them an understanding that God is the source of all things and that God has an incredible love towards them. This was, it was, this was what it was like to live in the heavenly family. Keep in mind that at this time, Lucifer had already begun 
to establish the principles of his kingdom. He had already rebelled in heaven. And we're going to see how Lucifer is going to infect the earthly family with his principles in order to alienate them from the heavenly family. One of the precious gifts that God gave to Adam and Eve is recorded for us in the scriptures in the very first book in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. The Bible says, And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. You see, God gave to his children, Adam and Eve, precious gifts. One such precious gift was the gift of the Sabbath, the seventh day. The day in which they together would connect with God. There is another gift that God gave to man, and that's the gift of family. You see, God created human beings to be a family, to reflect the heavenly family. Adam and Eve were married together, and these two blessings, the blessing of family and the blessing of the Sabbath, were institutions that God ordained in this world before the entrance of sin. It's important to notice the, the link between these two institutions, the link between the family and the Sabbath. You see, the gift of the family was designed by God to be a mini-scale model, a reflection of the heavenly family. Adam and Eve were to be members of an individual family. They would have their own children, and they were patterned to reflect the heavenly family. They were to interact and relate with each other in the same way that God had in heaven. This would be governed, of course, by the law of love, the law of life. The other gift is equally of importance, the gift of the Sabbath. You see, the gift of the Sabbath was the special time that God designed where the earthly family was to connect with the heavenly family. It was a time designed where man would come apart from his work and spend time in communion with God. The Sabbath was the link that would establish a connection that is strong and ongoing between the heavenly and the earthly family. This is why we see Satan, in infecting the earthly family with his lies, makes a special attack on these two institutions. You see, these two institutions were to guard and to maintain the safety of the human race. It was to maintain them as members of the heavenly family. It was to maintain their harmony and their peace. In these two gifts, the Sabbath and the family, is summarized the whole law of love. The Sabbath symbolizes the adoration and loyalty and love that we are to give to God. The family represents the relationship and love that we are to exercise towards each other. And so God invested the earthly family with the blessings that each and every member of his heavenly family enjoyed. That is, a direct relationship with God and relationship with each other. This aspect is precious to understand. It's when we understand these principles and reinstitute them by God's grace in our families that we once again can be re reconnected with the heavenly family that God seeks to restore us to. In creating Adam and Eve, God gave them another important gift. That's the gift of dominion. We read about that in Psalm chapter 8 and verses 6 and 8. 
Thou madest him, speaking of man, to have dominion over the works of thine hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. The earthly family was patterned after the heavenly family. Just as God was the ruler and king of the heavenly family, he made man to be the ruler and king of the earthly family. A model, scale, that would reflect the joy and happiness. This meant that the rule of Adam and Eve involved fullness of blessing to all the creatures that were under their dominion. This was a direct revelation from God as to how heaven operates. When we look at the aspect of what God particularly instilled in this system, we will see a beautiful reflection of the heavenly home. But for the time being, we want to see the happiness and joy that stemmed in the hearts of Adam and Eve in response to being showered with the fullness of blessing of being members in God's family. Notice what the scripture tells us. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. All these things were experienced by Adam and Eve. You see, the Spirit of God filled their hearts and filled their minds. They were full of the fruits of the Spirit. This was a direct result of receiving the fullness of blessing of God. They were in harmony with the principles of His kingdom. They were in harmony with the principles of His law of love. And therefore, they enjoyed all the privileges and blessings that come to members of heaven's family. As they looked around them, and as they beheld the wonderful tokens of love that God gave them, it filled them with a sense of gratitude and appreciation. It prompted them to give to God loving, joyful service and praise. It made them feel and sense that someone cared about them. It gave them security and stability. It also gave them an understanding that God is the source of all good things. And so long as they remained connected to God, so long as they remained obedient and harmonious with the principles of God's kingdom, they would always receive these wonderful, precious tokens of love. And always they would be free to choose whether to yield their obedience or to withhold it. And Adam and Eve, impressed with the wondrous revelation of God's love, would just return to God, joyous, thankful, praise and service. You see, Adam and Eve were right there in that circle of life that we looked at earlier. Here we see Adam and Eve plugged in this circuit of beneficence, which is guarded by the universal law of life. And in that circle, they receive from God identity and value. We're going to explore that a little closer because God is seeking to restore that to mankind once again. We want to see how identity is obtained in God's kingdom. We looked at this verse last time. Let's read it again in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 and 15. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. The whole family in heaven and earth is named by the Father. Now we're looking at the family on earth that was just created before the entrance of sin. 
They receive their name from the Father. That means their identity is found directly, not in themselves, but in relation to the Father. It comes from the Father. Notice how the Bible confirms this in Genesis chapter 5, verse 2. Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day that they were created. God says that he named the human family. He gave the human family its name. Remember, this verse is speaking about both the male and the female. The word Adam refers to the name of the entire human race. This is how humanity was receiving its identity from God. And in this identity is involved a blessing. This aspect is counterfeited by Satan today. Satan has promoted the lie that in order for one to truly find their identity and their value, they must look within themselves. This was clearly illustrated to me one day as I was traveling on a four-hour journey with my wife to be, trying to locate the place where we would get married. We picked up a hitchhiker who happened to be a new ager. In our discussion, we spent two hours talking about certain things regarding spiritual realms. We got to the topic of identity, and the person was telling me that in order to find identity, they must look within themselves and really understand who they are and realize the goodness and power that dwells in them. Friends, these are lies from the enemy. I, I sent up a silent prayer for wisdom, and God answered my prayer. I revealed to her that God's creation and God's plan demonstrates that identity is not found in ourselves. When we look within ourselves for identity, we only end up being confused. Identity comes to us as a result of belonging to a family. This is how it is here on earth. The very fact that we inherit our name from our parents shows that our identity is found in a relationship with someone else. Ultimately, this is a reflection of the fact that our identity is found in a relationship with God. We receive from Him a name. That gives us identity. Satan's lie is in direct opposition to that. Notice how God demonstrated, again, this principle with the children of Israel. We read in the book of Numbers, chapter 6 and verse 27. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. There is a blessing in receiving God's name. When God puts his name on us, that gives us identity. This is what happened to Adam and Eve. This is how they received their identity. God called their name Adam. God is wanting to restore that to us. If you're looking for your identity, do not seek to find it in yourself. It can only be found through what God has revealed. God is the source of every good and perfect gift. Only by returning to harmony with his plan can we realize the fullness of these blessings. The blessing that God gives to Israel in relation to putting his name on them is the blessing of value. That's the blessing that gives them a sense of security, satisfaction, and worth, knowing that someone cares about them. Notice how the scriptures reveals further. Isaiah 43 verse 7. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. This is the blessing of value. 
You see, today these issues have been confused in the world. The main thing the world is confused over, largely, is the question of identity. Who are we? Where did we come from? What is our purpose here on earth? This is the problem collectively and individually in this world. And we saw examples of people who get so confused over their identity and it's so troubling that they choose to end their lives. Value is greatly linked with identity. When people feel worthless, they do not feel like living anymore. How did Adam and Eve receive value in God's kingdom? How did God reveal to them that they were precious and important to Him? How did He reveal that they were valuable in His sight? It was by all these tokens that He gave them. Notice how this principle is revealed by Jesus Christ Himself in a story that He told us, which reveals how value is given in God's kingdom. We read it in Luke chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. Jesus says, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Sparrows are of low earthly value to man. Jesus was using this example to illustrate that even though man thinks little of sparrows, they are of value because God thinks of them. He doesn't forget them. And then he draws the analogy and he says, even more than sparrows, you are valuable because God numbers your very hairs. Jesus here was revealing that God's thoughts towards us and God's remembrance of us, the fact that he numbers our hairs is what gives us value. It gives us value in God's eyes, and it should give us value in reflection to that. Adam and Eve recognized that the Father thought of them, and His thoughts towards them were only of good, to give them an expected end. They saw that reflected all around them in Eden, and that's what gave them security and stability. Here was found their identity and their value. Notice how the psalmist brings this wonderful truth out a little further. How that God's thoughts towards us is what gives us security and value. That's how we know that someone cares about us. This is recorded for us in the book of Psalms, chapter 139, verses 17 and 18. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. God's thoughts towards us are countless. God's thoughts towards us is when we realize what gives us value. This is how Adam and Eve understood God's thoughts towards them. They saw it demonstrated. You know, this is an aspect that is vital for our understanding. We can relate to that because this is how we feel and understand. I'll give you an illustration that perhaps you can relate to that will help you see this point clearly. How many of you have a mobile phone that after some time or you haven't seen it, you will pull it out looking for missed calls or messages? I've seen people many times pull their phone out after a few hours or a few days absence away from their phone and they find that there is no messages or no missed calls. And all of a sudden their face drops and they say something like, oh, 
No one cares. No one called me. You see, friends, we feel loved and important when others think of us, when others relate to us that they have thoughts towards us, when they ask about us. It's an aspect that God built in us. You see, God is sending us missed calls and messages all the time in the tokens of love that are still available even though sin entered into the world. The Bible records further for us this wonderful truth in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15. <clears throat> Can a woman forget her suckling child that he, she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. What a wonderful truth. God gives us tokens of his constant thoughts towards us. He will never forget us. He reveals this to us so that we will not search in the wrong places to try and establish a false value for ourselves. Our value comes from a connection with God and Satan has been successful in stealing from the human family these things as we shall see in a minute. The Bible further tells us confirmations of this in Psalm 40 and verse 5. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts, which are to us word, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. This should make us feel priceless. This is how Adam and Eve were in the kingdom of God. This is how they were satisfied and secure in the heavenly kingdom. These elements have come under attack by Satan through the counterfeit principles that he has established. In our families, we want to restore the true connection with heaven. This true connection comes when we reestablish the gifts that God gave to man before the fall. The gift of family, according to God's order, and the gift of the Sabbath, which links and connects the earthly family with the heavenly family. It's no wonder that Satan has made these two institutions a special target of attack. Divorce in this world is so common, and disregard to God's holy Sabbath is also common. The result of this is a breakdown in society, a society where its citizens would rather die than live. This is the sad result of the outworking of Satan's principles. But God gave to Adam and Eve only good gifts. They only enjoyed the fullness of blessing so long as they were in harmony with God's law. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Adam and Eve were in this condition. God's kingdom and righteousness was foremost in their minds. Loyalty and allegiance to that kingdom and God's righteousness was the first thing that occupied them. As a result of that, they received from God every good thing. All things were added to them. Everything that pertained unto life and godliness. They enjoyed the wondrous gifts of God. Living in God's family, in that circle of love, they had perfect joy, perfect happiness, perfect peace, perfect satisfaction. They had identity and value. They were secure in the family of heaven. Looking on 
Satan was not happy as he saw these members enjoying the blessings of God. Satan was keen to infect the principles of his kingdom into the family of earth. God made Adam and Eve agents of free choice. They could choose which family to belong to. In love, he placed them in the family that will yield life and fullness of blessing. But they were placed on a test. God told Adam and Eve that there is another kingdom, a kingdom of death and destruction, symbolized by the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God warned Adam and Eve that they should not eat of that tree, for by eating from that tree, they would shift themselves and their posterity from the heavenly kingdom to the kingdom of darkness. God told Adam, in the day that you eat of that tree, you will die. The principles of Satan's kingdom are the principles of death, the principles of destruction and misery. God in his love wanted to shield his children, but not restrict their freedom of choice. So he gave them instruction. So long as they followed God's instruction, they would remain happy. When they were to disregard God's instruction, they would yield and give up that happiness and exchange it with misery. The same misery and emptiness and blackness that filled the mind and heart of Satan when he departed and disconnected himself from the source of all good. The Bible tells us the sad story of what Satan has done in the following words. Proverbs 16, 28. A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. A whisperer was about to separate the chief friends. Adam and Eve were the friends of God. They were children, members of the heavenly family. The whisperer was about to separate them. This whisperer was the serpent. The serpent that the devil through which spoke and communicated with Eve and began to preach the principles of his kingdom. These principles of his kingdom were the direct opposite of the principles of God's kingdom. What Satan was doing was infecting the human family with the principles in opposition to God's kingdom. Eve was given a sermon by Satan. A sermon which contained the principles that God is not the only source. Satan told Eve, you shall not surely die. Life is not only from God. You have in you an element of life that will sustain you so that you will never die. Here, Satan was cutting off the principle that God is the source. And so long as his children recognized the source, they would continuously receive from him. Satan now was turning Eve's eyes from looking to God as the source to look within herself. The principle of I and selfishness was being preached to Eve. Not only that, but Lucifer appealed further to self when he said, ye shall be as gods. Lucifer here was offering Eve a position different to what God had assigned her in the family of heaven and earth. She was spoken to and appealed to to select and to desire a position different to what God designed. These were the very elements that prompted and started the fall of Lucifer in heaven. And it was these elements that Lucifer was seeking to introduce into the earthly family. How do you think God must have felt as he looked on the scene of Eve going to the tree? 
of Eve conversing with the serpent and listening to the principles of the counterfeit kingdom. God was a God of love. He could have sent an angel to stop Eve in her tracks and tell her to, to return and go the other way. But remember, this would violate the freedom of choice that God gave. Love does not force. Love does not compel. Love only requires the free will service of gratitude and appreciation. And love had to suffer and silently watch as Eve listened and stretched forth her hand to take from the tree. As Eve was stepping over into the kingdom of darkness. How it must have hurt God's heart. Notice what the Bible records for us in Genesis chapter 3 verses 4 and 5. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Thus Satan promoted his principles, and so Eve stretched forth her hand, and plucked of the fruit of the tree, and ate. And the effect of that is that she also gave to her husband, and he also ate. How sad it was. Adam and Eve now had unplugged themselves, had disconnected themselves from the source of all life and goodness, and they had stepped into the kingdom of darkness. Adam and Eve had given in to the principles of Satan's kingdom. They chose that over the principles of God's kingdom. That is, they now had a confused idea of God being the source. They had a confused idea also of what would maintain their happiness. They had lost their bearings. They became confused and they were filled with fear, as we shall see. Notice God's attitude as it is expressed in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, and verse 32. For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord. Saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live ye. God knew what it would cost him to save Adam and Eve. God knew that his love would not allow him to restrict the freedom of Adam and Eve. And when they chose freely, God loved them so much that he was not willing that they should die. You see, God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And so God had a plan, a plan to rescue Adam and Eve. But in the meantime, Adam and Eve now were changed. Adam and Eve now were infected with the element of sin, the element of rebellion and the element of the principles of Satan's kingdom. Adam and Eve now were flooded with darkness, having been disconnected from the source of light. The emptiness now was only tearing them down. This emptiness filled them with fear and guilt and shame. So much so that the Bible tells us that they were naked. The garments of light that God had bestowed upon them in reflection to his own self went out. This was indicative of the fact that they had cut themselves off from the source of light. You see, the physical represents the spiritual. They physically were naked, which meant spiritually they were now on their own. They had stepped out of the circle of God's love. In stepping out of the circle of God's love, Adam and Eve also lost not only the fullness of blessing, but their identity and their value. This was a direct result of Satan's insinuations. Adam and Eve now, 
instead of having the fullness of blessing, were filled with the things that Satan was filled with. Notice as we look at this list, in place of all these blessings in Satan's kingdom, Adam and Eve were filled with a sense of worthlessness and guilt. They were insecure and they felt jealous and fearful, self-justification and every empty thing. No longer would they receive now from God this blessing, having been cut off. And so God in His love wanted to re-restore this connection. He wanted to connect with man again through the wonderful plan of salvation. Notice how the effect of this emptiness is manifested when God came to man to visit with Adam and Eve. In Genesis 3.8, the Bible says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. When God comes visiting, they now go hiding. What had happened? They were no longer members in the family kingdom. God now to them seemed like the enemy. They were members of the kingdom of Satan. And in this condition, they were filled with fear from God. They now, as a result of Satan's lies, came to see God in a false light. They did not see now his character accurately or correctly. His nature and his position was misunderstood. Notice how the Bible continues. Genesis 3, 9 and 10. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? God knew where Adam was, but he was asking the question to awaken Adam to the realization that he was no longer where he should be. He said, Adam, where are you? Where did you go? What happened to you? And then he continues. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Adam was full of fear. He was afraid, something that he had never experienced before. God never intends for his children to feel fear. The Bible actually says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. The Bible also says that perfect love casts out fear. You see, now as a result of disconnecting themselves with God, Adam and Eve were filled with fear, guilt, and darkness. And God was seeking to awaken Adam to that realization. Notice how the account continues in verse 11. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Here God is trying to reveal to Adam the person who had come between them. Who caused you to know that you are naked? Who is it that resulted in the fact that now you are naked? God was pinpointing the mastermind behind the principles of Satan's kingdom. He was pinpointing Satan and trying to show Adam that now he had yielded his allegiance to the enemy of God. He was trying to show Adam that in giving in to the principles of Satan, nakedness was his lot. And this was a result of what Satan was promoting. Let's read and continue and see what else is revealed. Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee, that thou shouldst not eat? Now God asks a question, but Adam sees God in a false light. He's infected with the false ideas and concepts that fill Satan's mind. God asks Adam a simple question. He is trying to show Adam the root of the problem. The root of the problem is disobedience to God's law of love. 
The root of the problem is a departure from God's governing laws that were designed to protect the happiness and joy of Adam and Eve. Now Adam is filled with darkness, and these combined feelings of worthlessness and insecurity, fear and guilt and emptiness, gave Adam a false view and picture of God. Now he fears that God will severely punish him, and so he lays the blame on Eve, the one that he loved. You see, when we are disconnected from God, the source of love, we cannot generate love to each other. Adam now blames Eve, whom he vowed to love. It was actually because of his love to Eve that he chose to eat from the fruit with her. But now, that love that comes from God, that fills man, was no longer in Adam. He blames Eve and ultimately God as the cause of where Adam is. Notice as we keep reading what else is revealed. Romans 8, 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. This was a description of the mind of Adam. Adam now had what is called in the scriptures, the carnal mind. The mind where Satan rules. A mind that is disconnected from God, that is the enemy of God, that is not subject, that is not in harmony with God's law. Such a mind is the mind that generates and has in it fear and worthlessness and insecurity. This was the result of sin. And this is what God is trying to reveal to Adam so that he can restore him again. Notice how further this is revealed. How the condition of being in that manner is so alien to God. In Romans chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, it says, There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are altogether become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Adam now was the enemy of God. He had the carnal mind. He could no longer connect with God. He had broken that relationship and something had to be done to restore him. In all these negative emotions and flood of darkness that filled Adam's mind and Eve's mind, in the middle of all this was a false understanding of God. Adam and Eve now came to view God in a false light as a result of Satan's lies. No longer was God the great source from whom all blessings flow. No longer was God the one who bestows good gifts for the happiness of all. Satan had instructed them to look to themselves as an alternate source of goodness. Notice as we see here that this false view of God lies at the very foundation of sin. A misrepresentation of God's character and of God's nature and also a misrepresentation of God's identity resulted in Adam and Eve being confused and separated from God's kingdom. Now, sin, and as a result of Satan's lies, man believes in multiple sources. More than one source. The Father is no longer the supreme source of all goodness. God wants to restore to mankind the truth of how to be reinstated into the heavenly family. And in order for man to be restored, God must re-educate humanity, first of all, about himself as the head of the heavenly family, about his true identity and his true character, because that is the foundation of the heavenly family. 
These are the elements in the great controversy that lie at the basis of the war. When we understand the foundation and the basis, we'll be better able to build upon the correct foundation. We are going to see how God is going to reveal to mankind and to restore to mankind these foundational principles that restore the correct identity of who he is, his character, and unmasks the lies of Satan. The purpose of this revelation is so that we can be restored to the heavenly family. But more than just a, re a revelation was needed, there was also needed a sacrifice as a result of sin. You see, Adam and Eve, in losing their identity and value, needed to be revitalized. They actually forfeited their life, for God said, Ye shall die if you eat from the tree. They needed a life source that would restore them and also an education to bring them back to heaven. The beautiful promise of the scriptures is the answer that God has for this problem. Romans 5 verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Son of God saw our pitiful condition and longed to free us. This was a demonstration, an ultimate demonstration of the selfless love of God. The fact that Christ came to die for us while we were yet sinners shows ultimately the principle of God's kingdom, the principle of selfless love. This sacrifice of Christ was to redeem mankind from destruction and also was to re-educate man about how to come back to the heavenly kingdom. This promise was given to Adam and Eve, a promise of hope that not all was totally lost. God was going to do something because of his nature of love that would reinstate man, if he chooses, back to where God would want him to be happily ever after. Notice the promise that Jesus gave in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This was a door that God placed in man, whereby man could see God's love revealed whereby man could break free from the reign of sin. As a result of Adam being infected with sin, all his posterity now would be born with the same disease, infected with sin. All he could pass on to man now was the mind that was infected, the carnal mind. Here Christ spoke of an enmity, an element that he would place in the heart of man that would open a door whereby man could still see the love of God and be empowered to choose to follow him if he desires. This is only possible through the sacrifice of Christ. This is only possible through the demonstration of the principle of God's kingdom. In this way, God is showing that the principle of his kingdom is stronger than the principles of Satan's kingdom for all those who choose to accept it. Friends, this is a vital component of the gospel plan. This component needs to be demonstrated in our families. Our families, when they are restored today, are weapons in our hands in our warfare against Satan and his kingdom. The weapons that God gave to Adam and Eve to protect them and guard them can be used today by us 
to restore us and protect us to the heavenly kingdom, to the law of love. The law of love that allowed Jesus to come and die. The law of love that was demonstrated in his supreme sacrifice, as we read in Romans 5.15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Christ came and abounds His grace towards us by His sacrifice on the cross. Even though the one man caused the death of all of us, that's Adam, by the one man, Christ Jesus, we can be restored. But the key point is the principles that operate in both governments. The principles of the family of heaven and the principles of the kingdom of darkness of Satan. God is seeking to restore us back to that through the sacrifice of Jesus. Notice this wonderful verse that continues to relate to us that God's position as sovereign, as the one who bestows blessings, is to awaken in us a realization of His love. In Acts chapter 17, verses 27 and 28, that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being. God constantly is supplying us and preserving us with life. He is not consuming us. We saw earlier that we are not consumed because of the fact that God is changeless. If you feel away from God, if you feel distant from God, God is not far from you. You see, God's love continued to pour upon fallen men blessings because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Blessings that were designed to awaken in man a realization of the truth that God is the source of all good things. The Bible tells us that. In Matthew 5, Jesus said that God sends His reign on the just and on the unjust. This is a demonstration of God's principle of love that only gives, not expecting a return. You see, God's love is not a selfish love. God doesn't give in order to get. Otherwise, He would only give to those who would thank Him. But the Bible says that God sends His reign on the just and on the unjust. Even those who are not thankful receive blessings from God. This shows that God gives expecting no return. How much does He rejoice in those who recognize that He is a giver and freely and voluntarily return to God praise, adoration, and thanksgiving? This principle of the heavenly kingdom is the same principle that will guarantee happiness and joy in the earthly kingdom, in the earthly family, in the family of each and every home in this earth. Let us remember the principles we have looked at. Let us seek to ask the help of Jesus to implement these principles in our homes so that our homes might be as bulwarks of a fortress against the attacks of the enemy that our homes may be a home that will reflect the heavenly family. As we look further in our series at different aspects and different instruction in the scriptures regarding the plan of God for the family, remember that this plan is the only way that we can have true joy and fullness of blessing. 
It's the only way that we can have identity and value by being connected with God. It's the only way to safeguard us against the attacks of the enemy. May God bless you as you continue to study these things for yourself and seek to implement them in your family and in your home. If you were blessed by this message, remember to subscribe and share it with others. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Your prayers and support are appreciated. May God richly bless you through His Son, Jesus.